Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast. I thank you for tuning in to watch or tuning in to listen wherever you may be listening or watching from. I appreciate it. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the likes and the comments and all of those things. And to you that have subscribed, thank you. Uh, Been on a little bit of a controversial trip lately, I guess you could say. Uh, Started out with should Christians tell their kids that there's a Santa Claus? I said, no. I said that it was lying. I said that uh, we shouldn't do it. And then the most recent episode is we should not cancel church on December 25th just because it's Christmas Day. So uh, today is not going to be a uh, Christmas-themed episode, but there is going to be what I perceive might be another controversial topic that I want to talk about, and that is parenting. If you've seen the thumbnail, if you see uh, what I have there on the YouTube thumbnail or even on Facebook, it says, be good parents. And then underneath there, it says, stop giving your kids what they want. Now, this has been, uh, this podcast episode has been motivated by some recent Bible study and some things that I've seen on the internet and some things that have just kind of taken place. Uh, recently, and it really has me thinking about the way that we parent our kids. Now, I know that when you talk about believers and unbelievers alike, that there are going to be multiple ways that people parent their kids and the way that they discipline kids and things like that. But here is what the culture we live in. This is kind of the overall theme from both unbelievers and believers is kind of giving into their kids and giving them what they want. And you may hear things like this be said. Well, I want to give them what I never had, right? And I think that is okay to an extent, but it could become very dangerous. It could become uh, very uh, dangerous in the long run, even in the short run with your kids, because you could give them so much that they become entitled. They think that they deserve everything. Um, that That includes giving them what you never had, access to a smartphone, access to social media, access to computers in their rooms and giving them everything they want from being on travel ball teams to play in multiple sports. Now, listen, don't hear me say that allowing your kid to play multiple sports is wrong in and of itself. That is between you and the Lord. That is between you and your spouse. Um, But the overall theme of this episode is stop letting your kids dictate what you do or dictate what they do. Because God has called us to parent them, not be their best friend. Can you be your kid's friend? Yes, but you must be the parent first. You must be a disciplinarian. You must be the one that sets the limits and the boundaries and not let your kids get everything that they want. I recently read a story about uh, the authority of parents, and this has come from multiple angles. Number one, this uh, this book is really practical and really helpful. Uh, this is by Nate Pickowicz. How to read, or how to eat your Bible. I highly encourage you to get this. This is just a very practical level view of how to just daily intake your Bible. And there's a story in here that talks about the authoritative word of God and then how 
parents have authority in kids' lives. And uh, there was a story in there about a kid wanting a candy bar or something, I believe. And the mom said, no, and you're not going to get that. And kid basically says, yes, I am. And you're going to get it for me. And the parent ends up getting the kid the candy or whatever it is, because the kid dictate dictated to the parent what they were going to do. And the kid ended up getting the candy. So that parent has no authority in that child's life because they continually give in to the demands of the child. And that makes the parent weak. That makes the parent look soft. And that makes the kid elevated above the parent. And the sad thing about this is, is we have Christian families, Christian parents that do the exact same thing. A lot of times you'll hear parents, even believing parents say, my kid is my world. I don't know what I'd do without them. And they do everything they can for their kids. They exalt them to this level that they should not be exalted to. Kids actually become an idol in parents' lives because they exalt them into to a level above Christ, above the word, above the church, above their own spouse. And if you're a believer, you need to know this, that Christ is the head of your husband or you as the husband, Christ is your head. You are your wife's head, and then it becomes the it goes down to the kids. So there's this 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 hierarchy, and I know people are not going to appreciate this, especially those egalitarians that may be listening. But it's Christ, the man, the wife, and then the kids, and then other things come after that. But people are taking kids, exalting them in the place where Christ should be and dads, you're doing it. You're letting your, your wives do it. You're, you're being passive in your parenting and it's leading to a big mess where your kids are actually running your household instead of you as the father running your household. And this is tearing our culture apart. We see this in many different ways. So thinking about parenting, it's come from a few different ways. Again, I told you this, how to Eat Your Bible by Nate Pickowitz's great little book. Um, you can read that in a couple of days, uh, just to how to read your Bible uh, and, and, and just consume your Bible. But that story was in there. I'm preparing a sermon in Luke chapter 23 that really talks about parents and, and weeping for your children and the coming judgment. I'm going to talk about that here more in just a minute. And then also these TikTok challenges that we find on TikTok and other social media sites where they're challenging people to do things, it's leading to kids' death. And I can't help but think about the parents that put TikTok and social media on their child's phone so they have access to it, unbridled access to it many times, is they're able to just scroll through these things, see things they don't need to see, and then see these viral TikTok challenges that have been actually killing kids all over the world. The most recent that I heard of, and, and I'm just saying this because social media and cell phones are a big part of parenting. I have three or well, two teenage boys and one that is about to be a teenager and then a six-year-old girl. The six-year-old girl does not have a phone. My 12-year-old uses it to text and call his mom and dad, which is me and his mom and maybe some aunts, uncles and grandmothers, grandfathers, things like that. Um, he may play the occasional game. My other two have access to their smartphones, but they have limited access to it. We take their phones at night. We monitor what they're watching, what they're doing on their cell phones. We have a password set in place. They know that any given moment we can say, give me your phone, and they give it to us immediately. We look at histories. We look at all sorts of things. We don't allow 
TikTok on their phone. We don't allow YouTube shorts on their phone. Um, and and we're, we're just trying to eliminate all of these things that could be very dangerous in their lives. And we have to keep an eye on that. And sometimes that's not the most um, grateful thing for teenagers. They don't want their parents in their business, so to speak. But let me just speak to that really quickly. Your child is your child and their right to privacy ends when they're under your house. When they're under your roof, they have no privacy. So you as a parent should be able to walk in their room whenever you want to. They shouldn't be allowed to lock their doors unless there's company over and they're changing their clothes or whatever the case may be, uh, or if they're in the bathroom. Um, you should be able to get on their phone. You should have their passwords. You should be able to look at everything they're doing on their phones if they have one. And really, they have no right to privacy, in my opinion, in your own home because they are your child. You are not their child. And that is the way our society has gotten it wrong recently is because we flip those roles and the child thinks they're the parent and they're manipulating and telling the, the parents what they're going to do. And the parents are just going along with it and saying, OK, and there's no discipline in the home when that happens. And that leads to a bunch of bratty kids out in society that grow up and be a bunch of bratty, entitled adults. I'm just going to say it that way. But we have parents that are super soft that don't want to invade their kids' lives because they want to be the cool parent or they want to get along with their kids. And I tell my kids all the time, I'm not called to be your best friend. I'm called to be your parent. I'm going to lead you the way the Bible teaches me to lead you. Now, that doesn't mean that I can go in and exasperate them, as Ephesians chapter 6 talks about. And I can't go in and just be uh, mean to them and, and, and stir them to anger. I can't do those things. But I can, and my wife can as well. Hold them accountable. Let them know what they can and can't do. Let them know what they can and can't do on their phones. As a matter of fact, back to the phones for a minute or two. Uh, we have passwords set that if they download an app, say if they download TikTok, they can't delete it. They can download the apps if they want to. Matter of fact, I don't even know if they can download an app without a password, which my wife has. I don't even have that. I should probably get it. But uh, she has to go look it up in her book and say, OK, here's the password. You can have this app. So if they get around that somehow and they download an app and then they try to delete it without us seeing, it won't happen. So uh, they've come to terms with that. And one thing that I've un come to understand and know is that kids actually want boundaries. They want you to say no. They want you to set these boundaries, but they're going to push back on you as much as they can. But internally, they want these things. I've heard this from a number of kids, uh, even my own kids, that they want to be held accountable. That they want to be told what they can and can't do, where they can and can't go, when they can and can't go somewhere. So, uh, so that is very important in the life of being a good God-called, God-centered parent is being the parent God has called you to be. So let's go back to this TikTok thing. One of the things that is troubling about social media is, again, these challenges that are put out there. Now, if you care about your children, you need to be on top of these things. And if you're not on top of these things, that doesn't suggest that you don't care about your children. And maybe it just is a wake-up call that you should get in the middle of what they're looking at and what they're doing, what they're watching on social media if they have access to it, especially TikTok. One of the most recent challenges is the blackout challenge, where you record yourself um, just making yourself pass out by cutting off your air supply by by choking yourself out essentially and then recording the adrenaline rush that happens when you kind of come back to there have been several people several kids die and recently there was an eight-year-old girl who died uh, they they found her hanging that she put a belt or something around her neck and hung it from a door and her parents found her dead 
because she was trying this challenge and investigators looked on her phone and she had watched tons of these videos about this blackout challenge. Um, uh, there's some other challenges out there that are, that are just sickening. Um, another one is the skull breaker challenge. Uh, that's where you get two people in on this wicked and cruel joke where when they, you tell them to jump and then somebody kicks their legs out from under them and they fall and they hit their head on the ground and everything. There's been some kids die from this, from hitting their head. There's been severe concussions. Uh, and that's just two of many of these challenges that your kids may be watching and may get an idea to do. I can't help but think of when I was in public school growing up as a kid is the things that I witnessed in the bathroom that they had access to and understood and knew. And then I can't only imagine what it's like in the bathrooms and secret places on public school property now with so much access to these challenges, telling kids to do these things and what might be happening and what could be happening right there in public schools, what could be happening in your own kid's bedroom, at their friend's house, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to encourage you to not give in and give them their phone, not let them have rampant free reign access to the Internet, because not only are they going to see challenges like this that they don't need to see, but they're going to see some wicked and vile things on there that are free. And I mean, pornography and uh, pornographic things and not to mention all the dancing and twerking that happens on TikTok. I mean, those are things that children don't need to see, but those are things that children are actually doing. So if you care about your child, you need to get in the middle of their social media. You need to get in their phones. You need to look at it. You need to monitor everything that they do, give them boundaries and stick to those boundaries because this leads to, your kids going out teaching other kids how to act because of something they saw or showing something they saw online. And it just leads to the slippery slope of kids that are seeing and doing things that they should not be doing at their ages, doing things that adults should not be seeing and doing at their, at, at their ages either. So uh, it's just a slippery slope of sin. So you need to be in the middle of that. And the Bible teaches us that we should train up a child in the way he should go. And that is in Christ. We've got parents too busy giving their kids heaven on earth, giving their kids anything and everything that they want. And yet they're not teaching them Christ. And the thing from Luke 23 is Jesus on his way to the cross. These women are are shedding tears and feel sorrow for Jesus. And he says, don't shed your tears for me. Don't weep for me. You need to weep for your, yourselves and your children. Why? Because judgment is coming. AD 70 uh, was just around the corner, and that was judgment upon Jerusalem. And there is going to be weeping when that happens. But if uh, those that repent and trust Christ, those Christians, they could have gotten out of Jerusalem before the Romans just ransacked the place. But Jesus says, weep for your children because judgment is coming. Fast forward, we're still looking for a second coming of Christ where there will be a final judgment. So instead of giving your kids everything that they need and laughing with them and being their best friend and living vicariously through them and giving them everything that they want, you need to be giving them Christ. You need to be teaching them the Bible. You need to be teaching them Christ and Christ crucified. You need to be leading them through the word of God. This is a tremendous thing that needs to happen in our homes. There, our homes should be little churches and husbands, men. You should be the pastor of your home, leading your family in family worship on a daily basis, not letting them run off to their rooms and do whatever they want to or go wherever they want to, and you not giving anything or giving any sort of um, 
care to what they're doing and you just going off and playing golf and going hunting or watching football every single day, you need to be in your kids' lives. They will care about that. They will love that, even though they may not act like it. But most importantly, you should be leading your family in worship. That doesn't have to be some one hour or hour and a half worship service in your home every day. 10, 15, 20 minutes tops every single day going through the word of God, praying for your kids, praying for your wife, and just exalting Christ and giving God glory in your home and setting that tone. It's like Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So if you're serving the Lord, you're going to have to get in your kids' lives and make sure that you're giving them just what they need as long as you are uh, giving them the things that they need convictionally, not just throwing things at them to shut them up, not just giving them things to get them out of your hair and let them go to your room. But you need to be good parents and give your kids Christ. Why? Because, again, judgment is coming, and if they die knowing the latest TikTok trends and knowing the latest TikTok dances and knowing the latest whatever and not knowing Christ, you have failed as a parent. You may be failing now as a parent, but here's the good news about Christ and about the Lord. There is forgiveness. You can repent of not being a good father or mother to your kids. You can repent of that and you can start right now changing things. And let me just be honest. When you begin to change something that's been a pattern for a while now, there is going to be a tough time ahead. It's going to be tough sledding. It's going to be some some pushback from your kids, some argumentative attitudes, some uh, really short attitudes from your kids. They're probably going to act like they hate you, but that's okay. Again, we are called to be uh, our our kids' parents, not their best friend. We are called to give them the gospel, to train them up in the way of the Lord and and pray every day that God would save them and then just continually pump the gospel into their hearts and minds. Give them the word of God, not the latest TikTok challenge, not the latest shoes that come out, not the, the latest and greatest name brand stuff, not the latest and greatest iPhone. Your kids don't have to have the best of everything. Your kids need Christ. Your kids need the word of God. So it is important that you stop giving them what they want and giving them what they need. What they want is likely not going to be Christ. They're going to want the things their kid, their friends have. They're going to want the things that they see on television. They're going to want the things that will they think will make them happy. But you know what they need. They need the gospel. They need the Bible. They need to know that you care about them, that you love them. And sometimes when you care about your kids, you have to say no. And that's just the, the fact of life. you got to stop living vicariously through them. You have to stop with this mindset of giving them the things that you never had as a child. you got to stop letting them run the house and if they get upset, then it's World War Three, Four, Five, Six, Seven, and Eight all over again. You put your foot down. You tell them how it's going to be in your house because your house should be a house that serves and loves the Lord. And you promote that by doing just that, serving and loving the Lord. And if they don't like it, that's okay. That's between them and God. You just have to do what you're called to do and train them up in the way they should go. If you're a single mother, that falls on you as well. If you're a mother whose husband won't do it, that falls on you as well. As bad as I hate to say that, but your husband should be doing it. If he's not, you need to take over. You need to be that parent that is going to love your kids enough to say no 
and not let them run your household and you need to call your husband to repentance lovingly and gently, but you need to call him to repentance. Husbands, men, if you're not doing this for your family, repent and begin. So another angle of this is not only not giving them the things that they want, but giving them the things that they need, being very interactive and active in your kids' lives, making sure you're watching what they're watching, who they're talking to, what they're saying, all what they're looking at, all of those things. Another uh, side of this coin is discipline. We have to discipline our kids. The Proverbs tell us to not spare the rod. Uh, and back in the ancient times, it, you would think of a maybe like a, a blinds on your window, the rod that, that spins them open and closed. Now they got them where you can just pull them. But uh, the one that opens and closed the blinds, if you were to take that off, that's kind of like the rod they would use back in ancient times. And, and, and Solomon says, don't spare the rod. You're not going to kill your kid by giving him a pretty good beating. <laughs> and I want to be careful saying beating because we are not to beat our kids. But I do believe that there is some biblical backing for spanking our children, for disciplining our children, whether that be spanking, grounding, taking things away, whatever the case may be. You must be consistent in disciplining your kids or they're going to grow up and be some of the worst people imaginable, if not for God's grace. So again, many parents don't want to discipline their kids because they're afraid of what they might think of them or they don't want to quote unquote hurt them, hurt their feelings. They don't like to see them cry. Well, I would rather see my kids with a hurt rear end in their bedroom crying before I see them out in society stealing from people, um, murdering someone or letting their emotions get the best of them out in public or even in the home. So uh, one of the things that we have to be consistent at is not only being in our kids' lives, but disciplining those as well. The Bible teaches us in Hebrews that God disciplines those he loves. So if you're in Christ, if you're a believer, God disciplines you, and he disciplines you in, in many ways. But that brings forth repentance, that brings forth sorrow and, and a, a lesson learned so we won't do those things again. And that is essentially what we do. If we love our kids, we will discipline them. So we can have kids that grow up hearing the gospel, understanding discipline, and then living that out as they get older. And never giving up on your kids. You could have the you could have a problem child like that movie from the '90s. I believe it was the '90s. If you remember that that redheaded kid that was just so mean, or you could have a Dennis the Menace that's always in trouble. Never give up on your kids. Love them enough to stay there with them, to fight with them, to fight for them, to continue steadfast in teaching the gospel and the word of God to them, and encouraging them, and 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 showing them that you love them and care for them and pray that God will have them come around. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on yourself. When it gets hard, don't stop. You have to keep going because the outcome is going to be worth it because God has a plan and his plan will work out according to his will and not ours. We just have to be obedient to continue to do and be who God has called us to be as parents. Stop letting our kids get their way. Stop giving them everything that they want. Stop letting them go wherever they want, when they want to go. Stop letting them go to friends' houses that you know are not living for Christ, that you know there may be bad things over there and uh, they may not like it, 
But hey, you're the parent. Remember that you are the parent, not the children. And then discipline your kids in love, pointing them back to Christ when you discipline them. Whether you spank them, ground them, take something away, whatever the case may be, stand in the corner, stand against the wall, whatever the case may be, be consistent in that so you can be who God has called you to be as parents who love and nurture their children, but also discipline their children for the glory of God. So I hope that you can take just this short few minutes of my uh, what may seem to be rambling, but uh, after seeing several stories and seeing the the idea of parenting come up in my Bible study and Bible reading and different other readings, um, I couldn't help but not <laughs> say something about it because we have this world we're living in where the kids rule and the parents don't. Uh, the parents are being run over and um, made to look foolish by their kids because they won't stand firm and discipline their kids the way they need to be and be in their lives the way that they need to be. So I hope this has been encouraging to you. If it has, please leave a comment. Please like this video if possible. And uh, let me know how you parent. I'd love to know how you parent. Are you one of those that uh, gets in their lives that makes sure that they're doing things appropriate and and not doing anything that's inappropriate? Are you one that disciplines your kids and, and uh, make sure that they're um, – getting the right discipline that they need? Are you teaching them the word of God? Is it hard? Is it difficult? What's the, what are the good? What are the, what are the positives? What are the negatives in those things? I'd love to hear those comments. Uh, appreciate you all listening. And if I can be of any sort of help, leave me a comment, send me an email, pastor Stephen do at gmail.com or doctor matters podcast at gmail.com. Love to interact with you. Love to talk with you. Uh, but until next time, thanks again for listening. Thanks for watching and God bless.